0: Hey, everybody, I did it. I started the American Contingency podcast to give you an opportunity to look inside of what's going on at AmericanContendency.locals.com. If you've noticed already, we've lost our Discord account. In fact, every single account affiliated with Discord was deleted. I even talked to uh, Vince Rocco Vargas recently who signed up for American Contingency on Discord that his personal account was deleted, meaning... I'm not sure if this is true, but I've heard from multiple people that people who signed in to the actual discord for American contingency, they were deleted um, by all accounts, meaning thousands of accounts were deleted. So we're facing mass suppression. We also lost our Instagram account at USA contingency um, and at American contingency on Instagram. They were all deleted. I had to fight, even use contacts in the inside of Facebook to be able to get those restored because we are seen as white supremacists, alt-right, or fringe, right-wing, whatever you wanna call it. So, look, listen, the bottom line is, there's nothing to hide from American Contendency's perspective. From my perspective, if you wanna learn about what we're doing, simply go to americancontendency.locals.com and you'll be able to see how fringe we're not. In fact, we moderate 24 hours a day. Yes, I have employees that are volunteer and paid employees that moderate 24 hours a day to get rid of people who are French people that are uh, inciting violence because we don't advocate it. Let me remind you if you if you haven't uh, been reminded if you don't know what American contingency is, let me frame it real quick. We are an organization that was started because of the lack of response by first responders, because of political divisiveness to real world catastrophes that people were facing. Meaning law abiding citizens calling the cops because of larceny, burglary, assault, the list goes on and nobody responding. You know why? Because of politics. Because politicians were telling law enforcement officers not to do it and they didn't do it. And so people's safety were completely affected by the governments, mostly in this case, uh, local governments, um, not doing their job, all in the name of pandering to these left-wing extremists. So what did we do? We stood up a educational platform to educate law-abiding citizens who are trying to live their best life in self-reliance, who want to be better prepared, provide a social network and home or forum for discussion to be able to build relationships in real time, in real life. Like, I'm not talking about virtual engagement and comments and likes, I'm talking about people actually communicating back and forth to each other, and then also offer the opportunity to train in person, right? We do American contingency training sessions all over the United States, Phoenix, Washington, South Carolina, and, the, and we're gonna continue to do this in large forums. Our entire intent is also to provide real information that's not subjective, that, that is not biased because of politics to provide people the information necessary to make the right decisions in their life to protect themselves and their family. Look, you had a guy in Provo who's driving to work in Utah and runs into a crowd of people, not physically runs through them, but is blocked by them and tries to get around them. Doesn't hurt anybody and is shot while he's in his car, a law-abiding citizen, by a Antifa terrorist who's trying to kill him. Uh, I guess in the name of self-defense, which he wasn't in front of the vehicle, he was on the sidewalk, and the guy who he shot never ran over anybody. It was like a a slow approach and he slowly drove away and then accelerated when he got a uh, a free and clear route because he just got shot. So that guy was not educated by his local news organization, or the national media because they don't report on it. And the reason we get deleted off Instagram and Discord is because we are communicating openly what these people are doing in their advertisements for inciting violence. Like all their accounts where they put a brochure up and it says, "Uh, bring the pain night, Uh, bring your Molotov cocktails, bring your baseball bat, it's time to go to war, let's burn this down, they're still up. Hell, they might even be getting help from the, um, from the organization, uh, the, the social platform that's elevating them. I mean, Sean King, as an influencer, has millions of followers, can be up online literally telling people to burn down the city because of social injustice, and he gets advocated for. And I say, hey, avoid this area because this is dangerous. This is not a peaceful protest, um, and we get suppressed. Not not even suppressed, we just get broadly deleted, right? Cancel culture, that's what it is. So I I decided to partition the audio from the video productions that we do for Contingency.locals.com and the discussions that we have and backdate the audio content to provide you with with some content that's slightly delayed, but to tune you into what's going on with American contingency. I realize that now everybody goes to American contingency. People don't even like the interwebs. So I want to provide an audible solution. Now there is a paid benefit of $5 a month of being on the paid side of American contingency.locals, where you get special content. You also get tied into uh, the production that we're doing that week. Like I just interviewed Neil from Ready Gunner former US Army Ranger, former contractor, and now owns one of the biggest gun stores in America. And we got to talk this week about the election cycle and everything that's happening. You'll receive that on the audible free side of American contingency, the podcast, which is on Spotify, iTunes, the list goes on, weeks behind. Uh, So it's gonna be slightly delayed. But if you wanna get the content in real time, even through video, social network with other people, get information, news, um, and, and get tuned into the community, make sure you go to com. Also, I just want to tune you guys into what we have going on with com forward slash American Contingency. Listen, if you live in today's society, you know that self-defense is, is paramount in your self-protection and the protection of your family. The problem is all the politicians who are changing the use of force policies for law enforcement and law-abiding citizens. So now you're in danger of going to prison for the rest of your life because of perception and pandering and political issues that are going on outside of your control. Self-defense inherently is self-defense as defined by the law. So you need somebody who's going to have your back and a construct for that. USCCA is a organization that provides Not only the litigation support, but also the education, which is hugely important. We advocate uh, with my company, Philcraft Survival, for education in everything that we put out. Like, I'm not giving you a gun without educating you uh, you on it. I'm not giving you a survival kit without educating you on it. So if you go to usccapartners.com forward slash American Contingency, you could be tied into different tiers of insurance that's going to set you up to have somebody respond to your self-defense scenario, they will come to you. You'll, they even give you a card in your membership card to, to say exactly verbatim what you should say legally because every word that you say could be used against you in a court of law, especially now, completely twisted. So make sure you go to usccapartners.com forward slash American contingency to be tuned in. These co- first couple episodes, the one you just probably listened to was with me and Kevin. Kevin's a lifelong teammate of mine in special operations. We are snipers together. Um, He works for Philcraft as a program manager for survival, uh, for med uh, and everything mobility. We have an interesting conversation that you probably just listened to in episode one. Episode two was with Kawa. Kawa was a former fifth group guy in special operations. He's actually still serving in a reserve capacity and owns a tactical company. And we talk in depth about the situation pre-election and then This episode, you're listening to me converse with uh, the Northern Utah American Contingency Group. We operate decentralized, meaning we allow people to organically grow their own AMCON organizations based on their region and their community. You get to hear the inside on this episode of how that stood up and why it was stood up and why it's so important to be tied into an organization right? We provide the guidance, the left and right limits, and then you run with it. We provide the logistical support. We provide um, the training in in person, the assurances, and then we evolve together as an organization. I hope you guys enjoy this opportunity in these podcasts and make sure you subscribe and follow and leave your best review. Here we go, guys. Hey guys, this is Mike, American Contingency. I'm in the studio today and I'm with two significant people who made an impact on me at our recent Go Rigs & Coffee at the new shop in Heber City, Utah. And that is Randy and Tina, American Contingency Northern Utah, a self-organized group of American contingency that have done a great job at assembling their organization uh, based on that military format i just you probably just saw the video on the description of task org um, but i met them and realized organically this is exactly what we want to accomplish an american contingency so one thank you guys for coming here in short notice i mean it, i feel like we just contacted you like 10 minutes ago
1: it's our pleasure no was, yeah.
0: yeah happy to be no here. thank you so much and and the entire objective for today is I want you guys to understand how this came unraveled, in in a sense, um, and and get their story on how it came to be. Because this process is the process that we should utilize in thinking about our Amcon organizations in which which you line it out in your own communities. Um, Let's start off with your backgrounds, because I'm interested to hear where you came from and, and what made you to be kind of proactive in a sense uh, in who you are today. Uh, Randy, let's start off with you. Um, I know you're former Navy EOD Explosive Ordnance Detachment. Disposal. Disposal yep. Yep. guy, which I've worked with. I mean, we know the same guys that were killed in combat. Um, I work with you guys all the time in special operations and you were our go-to for EOD. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and then uh, how you got to be where you're at right now.
2: Yeah. So uh, oddly enough, or funny enough, uh, my dad's actually a retired SF guy He was fifth group, and then uh, actually went out to first group uh, when they first started that up at Fort Lewis, so back in the day. So I kind of grew up in that environment, being around teams all the time, team parties. I mean, I'm probably closer to some of the guys on my dad's team than I am some of my own family. So um, uh, fast forward. I joined the national guard i went 11 bravo uh did that for a couple of years got tired of digging foxholes and I was like done with that joined the navy um spent about 10 years in naval aviation and my my dad was kind of at the time you know cold wars wrapping up dad's like you know it's just not there you know and then when you retire and there's really not much there back then yeah it's night and day now but, yeah um and then uh while i was in i just i kept realizing i'm like i did the right thing for the wrong reason. You know, I, I was pursuing a career that in a field that I just wasn't in. I had zero passion for it. So um, I actually started putting together a package to go to Buds and uh, the recruiter up in Whidbey Island, Washington. Uh, the the um, in service recruiter um, he just like kind of sold me. You know, I was like, "Hey man, I'll, I'll put your package in for you. Want you know, h- however you want, but let me explain to you a little more about what UD is." Because a lot of people just don't know. I didn't know. And uh, they sold me hook, line, and sinker. And, and um, I got in it. And uh, that was probably single-handedly one of the best things anyone's done for me from a career guidance perspective on, on making, you know, helping him, help him put me on the, you know, I was on that proverbial high road, low road thing. And, I, and he put me on the right one. So, and then EOD has just been, Everything I ever dreamed of, you know, I mean, I you can dabble in everything from, you know, you know Diving to you know getting out of airplanes to working with special operations to being on flight deck care, you know um, Humanitarian demining. Yeah, just there's such a variety of stuff and I loved it It just gave me a great background and it's a community of people who just think outside of the box problem solvers You know, nothing's ever black and white. It's just there's ten ways to skin this cat. Which one do you choose? You know, so um, you know, moved through, going through that. I, I, uh, also my, my first attachment was, a, you know, um, commanders in extremist force, uh, detachment support, uh, for you guys, A 10th group, had a panzer. It was a terrible trip. I had to spend six months in, uh, just <laughs> outside of Stuttgart, Germany. Um, uh, that was great. And then I just, it was good being around SF dudes again, after growing up with them, you know, it was kind of getting back in that environment. And then, um, yeah, I moved on, and you know, took my own. Eventually, got to where I was taking my own teams out. Um, Went to Iraq a couple times, uh, Afghanistan a few times. Working with, you know, again, working with special forces, and and just kind of oddball. wasn't really designed to be that way, but you know, there was a requirement, and we would fill. um, You know, and then, so the the biggest thing about that is every time you know you, you. Obviously, everyone in the military moves a lot, or most people. And every time you move, you land, wherever you land, you get off the plane, you you park your car, you have a network. You you inherently have a network of people around you. When I retired in November and I moved to Utah and I parked the car and got out, I did not have that network, you know, inherent, you know, so... um, Wait, November of last year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay,
0: so this is just in recent history. Right,
2: exactly. Really cool. So that was one of the things I was thinking I was just concerned and then as things in, in the news started picking up more and more it I started feeling more and more alone you know my dad's up in Montana eight and a half hours away um, you know so that was you know I, I've got a I've got a, you know my neighbor you know type thing but it's not the same and um, so I was looking for more and then and I was starting to slowly with the overlanding thing uh, went from last line of defense and uh you and mike did a podcast i got hooked on yours from that and started following you some more and then uh and that then when you came out with this i could see i could see your passion and frustration with what was going on and i was like that's exactly how i freaking feel right now and um and 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 the seriousness you are about it so i was like yeah and everything you're saying makes sense and why you know the, the get off the bench video was you know i don't want to say life-changing but i mean it, it, it hit me and i was like yeah randy what the f are you doing here right now you know why why aren't you doing more mm. um and then you know from you know the kind of rest is history you started the locals page and uh from there uh, uh, there's a former marine up um, in the salt lake city area that started a locals you know salt lake uh um locals i can't what was
1: it doesn't matter but like, amcon
2: yeah like one of those ones something. yeah he,
1: he, he started amcon utah yeah and
2: there was one that we got on and yeah. uh that's right amcon utah locals. so and then that's how tina and i met and just kind of hit up each other like hey are you interested in doing more than just you know texting each other on on the locals page and here we are here you we know, are. You know. that's awesome <laughs> and T- tina uh, like you guys came together
0: because you wanted a more narrow path to, like a sol- a soluble solution, as opposed to like, well, many people talk about it. Even talking about preparedness and community, it it suppresses a lot of anxiety and fear for a lot of people for because, sure. you know, we live in a life that virtual life where even knowing you have somebody on the other end of something especially when you feel more isolated because of things that are going on in the world. Right. But you guys decided to do something tangibly about it. Cause we were just talking about a jarring class, you know, a, a canning class that you guys right. have coming up. Where did you, where did your path take you to this kind of experience and, and how did that come to be?
1: Right. So I grew up um, in a little Valley about 45 minutes from here, maybe an hour uh, Morgan County. Hmm. I grew up on a 20 acre farm. Um, we always had, you know, chickens and pigs and, Oh, okay. In Morgan, Utah. In Morgan. That's yep. where I live. Oh, is, that's where you live? Is in Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so I, I lived uh, over in uh, what's called uh, uh, Milton. Do you know where Milton's at? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's I lived amazing. a mile off the dirt or off the paved road yeah. up on a little farm and uh, grew up there and had a creek in the backyard, always fishing, running around barefoot. And the, I was just like the biggest tomboy. My mom would. Um, she, I have to say, my mom gave me a lot of latitude for how wild I was. I uh, was just like a little wild Indian. I don't know, can you say that anymore? You say <laughs> but, that. You say um, that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we always had a garden. We were always canning. Uh, mom was always, you know, trying to buy stuff on sale so that we could put it back. You know, and and uh, you know, I grew up uh, in the LDS Church, and we've got a history. You know, we've been burned out of three states for our beliefs. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. We had one state where the governor actually put an extermination order out on on mormons a lot of people don't know that but um uh, wow so we've got a very deep history in our generations of taking care of ourselves and taking care of our own and being independent and you know getting in hand carts and just coming out here and building something out of nothing that was is that
0: it was that r- rooted in the origin or the upbringing that you remember as a child, and and, and if so, in which ways? Self-reliance, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, self-reliance. Um, just, you know, we've just always had to, you know, through history. The history is taught pretty pretty heavily, and so we're all, all aware of the history and that things can go bad and, huh. um, you know, just always have had uh, directives from, from the, the leadership of the church that we should... Be self-reliant and uh, be prepared. So we've always just kind of lived that lifestyle. Mm. Uh, my grandparents grew up in the Great Depression, and they were very into you know making sure that there was enough food. You'd go to their house, and they'd always you know give you some vegetables, or give you a, a, gar, a, jam, a, gar, a jar of jam, or a thing of grape juice, or something that they had made. You know, so it was just very much in my background. But as I as I got older, uh, I kind of got away from that a little bit in my 20s and kind of wanted to see the city i'd grown up on the farm and uh, realized that the city wasn't all that you know the domestic abuse next door people not watching their kids getting hit by cars sirens all the time dogs barking you know and i i really wanted to get back to my roots and so i met a great guy and he had a place and you know we we kind of started our little farm but um you know it started to occur to me that people were starting to get to get away from those roots and um, I got involved with a a team we were kind of watching what was going on with the hurricanes and I think people's idea of FEMA is that they come over with a black helicopter and guys come down on ropes with a case of water under their arm and they're there to save them and that's just not how it works and um, so I started getting involved with this uh, civilian team it's called Citizens Assisting Citizens and the theory was look surely a group of citizens can put together something more efficient than what the government's doing, even if we're helping just a small amount of people. And uh, so I got involved with that, started doing hurricane relief, and uh, that, after seeing what goes on in a hurricane and how people are just kind of in shock and they don't know what to do, that motivated me further to try to be on a mission to help people get prepared. So about four years ago, I started a Facebook group called um, Ogden Valley Civil Defense, which is where I live now, and um, quickly gained some traction. We, we we would post things on there, things we heard on the scanner, just try to keep the community aware. And we would do um, videos on you know preparedness and skills and different things like that. Ended up being a group of about 400 people, and um, some were more involved than others. But out of that group, I was looking for the people who were serious and so I put together about a group of about 12 15 people um, that had like a more serious vision of what's going on especially with what's going on in the news like Randy said Um, we were pretty solid on a lot of the nine areas that we're trying to build out Um, but the one element that we were missing was the security element we had we had a lot of canners, we had a lot of communications people but what we didn't have is I mean, all of us, most of us are very firearms familiar. I, I grew up hunting and fishing you know, from the time I was a little kid, so uh, we, sh- we shoot, but we don't have the training that might become necessary um, in the future, and so I was trying to figure out how I could find those people. About that same time when I'm asking myself that question is when I come across uh, your Get Off the Bench video, and I follow a lot of weird i follow a lot of special operators i don't know why
0: it's good (laughs) but podcasts
1: you know they are (laughs) hot they are it's let's be honest but anyway you know being the tomboy i am i'm just enamored with that lifestyle so uh so i i you guys are making me blush that's terrible (laughs) i'm not supposed to blush at my age (laughs) anyway um so i um i thought how can we what do you guys call them pipe hitters
2: I I needed to find some pipe hitters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so when I saw that and that locals group came up, I I just, I'm like, I'm, everybody's being scared. I'm just going to get out there and say, let's get together, you know? So I did. I put a post up there that says, hey, who wants to get together for coffee or something? Randy was the first one that answered me. And then we had a few more and I brought some people from my group and we sat down and had some food and.
2: Then she couldn't just, find any pipe hitters, so she found me. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's a pipe hitter. That, all, right, ABODs, all those like, ds are pipe like hitters. It,
1: honestly, you know, when I found out about Randy's background, I was like, holy crap, I couldn't have fell into a bitter, better situation it's huge. right here. Yeah. It's you know, huge. so it's been great. Because he I bring things that he doesn't have, he brings things that I didn't have. And it's been it's been a very good, uh, serendipitous Absolutely. uh situation. So Yeah. yeah. It,
0: it's very interesting to me how you in in your own way and i think this is the what we used to think about in like community service or you know or community watch when we had this idea internal to our own reach and circumstance which included our neighborhoods our block our neighbors we were thinking about these things and we literally did those things we executed those things we would go hey i'm having a barbecue anybody want to come over and you know you're having a barbecue and i want to think that that's like the access and placement for you to have a conversation about hey did you see anything like yeah you know i'm going to keep an eye on your house you're going to keep an eye on mine but just like you stated realizing that the city which is a highly densely populated area is coming unglued which is affecting more rural areas um or even being in this city that people don't do that anymore it's just not i mean even if they do do it it, it almost seems like it's seen as like an alt right supremacy thing, right? I, like even hearing the last Biden and Trump protest, where I think almost verbatim, um, Biden—I mean, he. This is paraphrasing, but he called our system systemically racist, yeah. and 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 even blamed some of the things that were taking place on white supremacy which the, even though I don't agree with the Proud Boys and everything they're doing, they're definitely not white supremacists. I mean, one of the main leaders that led the group in Kenosha is black and Cuban. Like he's yeah. a black dude. He's, he's a black, if you saw him, you'd be like, that's a black guy. Yeah. And, and somehow this is white supremacy. So we're so divided on either fringe of, of either side that people forget the core of society as we know is us. We're hardworking Americans who've served our countries, who grew up on farms, who who understand how it is to live in these communities because that's how we were raised. But now deliberately, you're doing that on your own, which is, which. it's weird to say that out loud, like that's a shocking thing because we know that. But in today's society, that's rare. Like that's very rare, right? Yeah. I mean, to set up your own community and to think about proactively building that is rare. That That is the value or that is the recognition of value that is American tendency now, which is we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not doing something uh, that's innovative in practice. We're just getting back to the roots of who we have always been, a primal, social-bound, tribe-bound community of people that just want to live a good life. And um, and it's, it's amazing to see the ideas and then the realization that this is what needs to happen. How did you, when you accumulated the people that were in your group, how did you determine who is going to be a good member of the group versus the like, people who are inherently problematic? I mean, just you go to any company, go to any group of friends, um, there's always gonna be that guy. So how do you filter through and, and, and bring on the right people in your, in your cause?
1: Are you talking about the group that we have now? Or the Specifically group
0: that I had your before? group, yeah. Well, in both instances. Let's talk about the one you had before. Okay,
1: The one I, I had before and still have that has the 400 people in it. Uh, I made that pretty open. I just uh, made it up front that it was not, not a political group, but I also made it clear that, hey, I'm, I'm conservative-leaning And, um, so I may say something that, you know, you find problematic, I'll try not to be political about it, but it's (laughs) going to happen because I'm just not going to be somebody else. Yeah. Um, number two, that we were, uh, focusing on helping each other, that we wanted to build a community that would help each other in times of emergency or or times of non-emergency if somebody just needs a hand. And, uh, like one example was when we had this big windstorm, uh, that, you know, hundred mile an hour winds come through Utah, like. Pretty rare, and uh, we had all these people without a power. I had one lady that was in our group that was living up on this mountain in this cabin. Uh, they lived pretty primitively, and she she didn't have power for a long time, and somebody contacted me from the group and said, hey, if you find somebody in need, I've got a generator. About that same time, she says, I'm, I'm so sick of this power being off. I just want a hot meal and I just want some power to keep my freezer from melting on my food. And uh, I was we were able to get her a, a generator and a hot meal, like, within hours. So um, that made me feel good, you know. So that type of thing. Um, and then the third thing, um, I'm trying to think what the third thing I put on there. Oh, it's just that we were going to do training to try to help people get more informed. And I think that's basically kind of our tenets that we have pretty for close. this group.
0: Yeah, pretty what close. do you do with violators? Like, if, what do you do if there's somebody that comes in? I mean, something that we've been navigating is just people being silly uh, or just that's a, or on, that's a word yeah, yeah, yeah there, that covers many things <laughs> or, or just being um what i've realized you know, you know in this, this is lessons learned from my own company where we started this thing called the tribe and i had to do expectation management because when people pay money for something that's especially that's a, that's service bound they have an expectation of what they're going to receive but if it's not clearly outlined then there's a misperception which causes uh, uh, an issue. Like we have people, even now, I mean, I had a guy call me this morning and said, hey, your company charged me, Philcraft or your survival company charged me $5. What is that for? I didn't order anything from Philcraft, And they didn't realize that my merchant service account, because it's already proven that it won't get suppressed, is the account that we're using to to funnel from locals. Sure. And, and so they just see survival and he calls me, not even realizing that I'm, I own a company called Fieldcraft Survival, which wow. is kind of cool. It's interesting yeah. to know. But he says, hey, why are you charging me? And and then I told him, I said, hey, it's because of the American contingency. And he goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. keep that going. Keep that going. No problem. Let's continue to do this. Just hadn't made the connection. Yeah, versus the mm-hmm. guys where recently I got a guy who's like, I, I'm not interested in the direction you're going. I want a refund. And I was like, a, <laughs> a refund for what? Well, last month I paid $5. Like <laughs> You you want me to go and give you a refund for $5 via your dissatisfaction today for the last month you've been on the platform? He's like, yeah, I want a refund. If you don't, I'll, I'm going to litigate you. I was like, so now you're threatening. You're going to get a lawyer and pay thousands of dollars to take me to civil court for $5. I was like, yeah, buddy, we'll get you your $5 back. So how do you avoid when you did uh, work in front of with that? How do you avoid that? And then what do you do proactively um, when that happens
1: well uh on the uh, the other group that i ran i just simply kicked him out with yeah. no explanation i just don't have time that's what i do. there's too many
0: people to <laughs> Who need your time need yeah. yeah yeah
1: i don't have time for the drama i just yeah. don't
0: i'm
2: yeah. a very
1: low drama person i don't know we haven't really encountered that in this new group i'm sure it's coming
2: yeah right? so in your question really there's so many layers like as you address one piece it it, it'll start going to other layers and that the we've kind of talked about it we haven't had it happen yet but the some of that stuff is is kind of like you start getting into the vetting piece of it sort of you know on the fringes of it um and and i liken it to opsec you know so people like one of the big concerns they're like what about opsec what about Uh, you embrace opsec by not having opsec so then the thing with, well, what do you do with, with people who are going to, you know, someone's going to get in, you know, in, in the insurgents, are, they're in the wire, they're in the wire. Okay, you know, so what? You yeah. know, we're, we're not, uh, until they show up and start, you know, rioting at our training events or something, they're welcome. I, I mean, what are we, we're offering medical information. I hope everybody, I don't care if yes. you're my friend or you're my worst enemy, yeah. here's some medical information. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's a ham radio, here's how radios work. Ooh, you know, type thing. So you're now inside the wire. You've got all our information. <laughs> what you know? So I'm glad it's a Navy EOD guy
0: saying that out loud because I've said that in many forums, uh, trying to balance right because the, the people who usually are that way they just don't understand how operational security works. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's the guys who are like, you know, they're a little bit more conspiracy theorist yeah. um, centric. They 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 look at everything as being sensitive. And I tell people the same thing. Like you, number one, it's America. We still are beholden to the law and order and, and via the Constitution. Like, you can't just oppress, and you can't just say, you look like you're gonna be problematic, I'm gonna kick you out. I mean, you can do whatever you want in private industry. But what I mean is, you can't be so paranoid that it affects the output and the positive engagements you're gonna have with other people. Okay. If a guy wants to come in and learn first aid and how to apply tourniquets, and he's a bad guy, whatever that means, then then so be it. I'm not going to not hold the training. And the most important aspect of that, which you also mentioned, is the vetting process. People should understand that the vetting process isn't a process necessarily to vet and make sure we have uh, these law-abiding, shining examples of citizenryship, citizenry, that's a hard word yeah, to right, say. Yeah, right. Let's write that How down. How about citizenship? Let's just, let's just get rid of that <laughs> altogether. Let's bleep that out like a cuss. Um, but but what we're trying to do is we're trying to make additional steps in the process that make a more deliberate process from the end user's uh, idea. Yeah. So they go. So so then the idea is the further down the line you get means they're more likely and more prompted to be there for the right reasons because the likelihood of you having a member of Antifa signing up, giving, that's what, people are like, why are you charging then? If it's not about money, well, it's not about money because we're charging people $5 a month, okay? Um, Meaning, in the context of it not being about money versus it being about business, that's a poor business decision. But when I charge somebody $5, they have to give their personal information, including their credit card, which means there's a whole bunch of protocol that happens on the back end Or if I see that, then a guy who's there for the wrong reasons is less likely to give me that personal information. And then when I say, hey, we're vetting people, those guys who go, hey, I'm out of here. This isn't for me. Then it's more likely that I just filtered them because I told them that they're going to get vetted. And then when they're vetted, giving me more of their personal information, then when they're physically interacting, it's a responsibility of me as somebody guiding everybody through this journey that when you're with somebody, you know, at a minimum, they're not a violent offender, a sexual predator, and that they're there for the right reasons, right? And, and I think, yeah, like, just like you said, there's, it's multifaceted and multilayered, yeah. which I think is part of the process, yeah. right? We have to have this. I wanted to ask you, because you have a, a military EOD background. When you look at everything that's taking place and you look at establishing security, um, you have to look at task organization you have to look at organizing structured uh, for for means of efficient communication of disseminating information of even maneuvering people in natural or man-made disasters what task
2: organization did you decide to go with and why did you choose that yeah so we're we've pretty much got it down now i think uh, um, i mean and understand this is not we don't have the benefit of you know uh, a man and recruit hey call the recruiters send i need another it guy or another so you kind of take what you get when you got it type thing and uh manning perspective so i had to keep that in mind when we're doing the task organization and task organization you know i'll just be upfront. i i don't have an original idea of my own i'll plagiarize everybody else's stuff so um, and all I did was just pull essentially, you know, from my military background and, you know, so we've got, you know, Tina and I are, you know, co-leaders. It's not like a COXO or no, nothing like that. Um, you know, we and that was something that that the group decided on. They they picked us. Our group is a democratic group where it's not a, you know, dictatorship. No one person is making any major decisions. So, you um, so start with leadership. Then from there, we just broke it down by, you know, what what I call departments. But you know, so the one was kind of you know we blended instead of having a zero and a one, we just blended it. So we have an ad, admin slash leadership. The two is our Intel slash IT folks. Um, the three is our operations department. Four is supplies. Uh, five is mobility, and we're we're kind of growing that right now, trying to define that exactly, but following a lot of your your direction on that honestly and going from vehicular all the way down to dismounted and anything you know I say anything in between but you know are, are we talking about horses are we talking about ATVs we're we talking about four wheelers I'm letting them do that right now it's like here's a cat here's kind of the end state I want you know so go skin it um six is comms uh which is going great right now, Uh, very very ham radio focused, but not strictly ham radio. We are trying to make sure we're we're following a pace program. So um, uh, seven training, uh, and that's, you know, I'll I'll get into that some more later if you want. Uh, Eight is uh, our recruiting, you know, and just like, and that's key. And that was honestly something I neglected uh, because again, I've never had to focus on it from being on my end of the spear, you know, in my 30 years, it's never been, I, I, I didn't have to worry about it. The people showed up, they got orders. When you look at, you know, and, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, all the terrorist organizations out there, um, the, how are they so strong and so good at what they do? Because their recruiting is amazing. They, it, you can't have a tip of the spear without the spear itself. So we totally, uh, switch gears put some focus on that um my girlfriend's kind of uh, you know in a social media so she's helped a lot um and and that's just blown up so uh, we went from what did we have when she before she came on like 20 we had 20 and now we're now we're over, over 60. 60. so and that's a couple like a week and a half ago two yeah. weeks um uh and your shout out obviously helped a, a ton thank you very much um so that's eight, and then nine is medical, which we're trying to fill with our EMTs right now. Um, and and kind of, everything is very soft clay right now. You know, we're, we're not, nowhere near brick, you know, uh, building brick structure, but. Yeah, I like, and we need to get, a, I got to get with
0: Kurt and the guys and, and line out. There's, you guys are setting the example and leading the way in a lot of ways. And there's many organizations, including a, a buddy of mine, Nate, who's here. Um, who's doing the same thing down in, in Arizona. But there's, we need to, as you guys develop and stand up um, based on the organization and how things are lining out, we need to provide the example of what right looks like. And I'd like to use you guys as a model for that. And then look at vetting the entire organization via the members that you want to be um, vetted right off the bat. So what we could do is we could essentially vet in an, an, an organization and say hey amcon northern utah is vetted which means the the leadership of that organization is now able to vet their own um and and then you could relay those numbers to us to be able to get um i think they were doing stars um now for vetting um that way we could increase the vetting apparatus because on the horizon for vetting is to take organizations and groups and just like we operated in afghanistan uh, basically show up at a fob a forward operating base and go into that base and interoperate with them from a headquarters perspective and looking at their organization looking at the the deficiencies and the things they don't have so we could provide that support and then look to do training Um, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, but doing training so your organization from the staff training to the um, planning training to the actual training, training, and small unit tactics um, could benefit as an organization versus onesies and twosies or even pulling people because I think that's the future. It's a headquarters element that's providing the guidance, eventually providing uh, A lot of financial and logistical support, which is what we want to ramp up when when we migrate to a 501c3 next year, and then provide each FOB with the best assurances and practices as we develop and grow. And man, it gives me chills and goosebumps thinking about this because when you look at decentralized, I'll call it strategy. in, in successful operations overseas, and special, op, special operations specifically, that's how we operated, right? Because it, get, it affords the most opportunity for you to address your own issues in your own regions. Yeah. Because yeah. Utah's, uh, like that 100-mile-an-hour windstorm thing yeah. was crazy. I was driving to Montana, and there were six tractor trailers that were flipped. Um, I was working, I was actually talking to, uh, to Utah uh, State Patrol guys that I work with, um f- figuring out the best routes to navigate but tying in emergency first responders to those organizations to to deal and pull like you could say hey hey Amcon Northern Utah we're mobilizing we're going to help the sheriff yep. right which is one of the o- other objectives that we're trying to accomplish is uh like we have good relationships with all the sheriffs um everywhere we train in the United States which is probably about 30 sheriffs and Getting those sheriffs to understand the significance of not just utilizing them in a search and rescue capacity, but a security capacity as well. Anything capacity will allow us to be able to actually uh, organize with local governance to improve community relationships and security and protection.
2: Right. Um, I mean, on that. So and I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're not at all. But on that point that. That's, uh, um, so Tina and I both have volunteered with the Ogden. Um, Weaver uh, County. We, sorry, Weaver County. I'm new here, so. Uh, Weaver County Sheriff's That's Department, and uh, <laughs> um, I, I, they, I, as we were talking to him, I was kind of telling him about AMCON and all that um, as, in the interview, and he walks me in the Sheriff's office, I totally blindsided me, I'm like, all right, here we are. And, uh, but I, I was kind of on that same track. Your point, to your point was, um, because he's talking about well, well if things get bad we're gonna we're gonna get a posse we're gonna, we we're talking about signing on a posse and i'm like well that's very john Wayne of you i love it however come who's I.
0: showing up to yeah, that yeah right you,
2: know? you have no control i was like you know i i'll be happy to give you a capes and limbs brief of where what we have who we have where we're going with it so that you get so and i'll tell you what you're getting when you get it as opposed to hey can i get 30 people with guns type thing um well i'll give you maybe 12 people with guns but they have x y and z training yes um and and they know understand rules of engagement and escalation of force yeah not just you know everyone showing up with their ars and and you don't you know have have zero zero credibility or zero training as to you know decision making process and when to pull a trigger and when not to yeah, when no, even no point ROE. a gun or not to type thing so that's well that's one thing i, I stress mm-hmm. because i Uh, that concerns me when, when they, you know, when they're at that level of, I don't want to say desperation, but they have that level of concern where they're just willing to, Hey, I need, you know, however many people you have with horses and guns. And I'm like, man, that can go very wrong for you. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned a story in one of your podcasts about, you know, going in country and having like just two or three days, uh, with your Indige and, and you had to go out and, you know, luckily it turned out to be you know a, a very slow type day, but that could have been very oh, south yeah. for you, man. I mean, Absolutely. we've all heard the yeah. the you know green on blue stuff, and, and yep. so yeah, it's it just it worries me when I, I want to provide. I, there should be something better than that uh, for for the local government to to fall back on. Uh, and, and I don't want to under. I want people to understand too. This isn't this isn't because we don't trust the government. This is because we understand that. And there are a multitude of scenarios where, you know, local resources, first responders, just get overwhelmed, yep. and it's not their fault. It's they're not doing anything wrong. It's not has nothing to do with us versus them. It's just reality. You know that that, you can only be so many places at, at one time.
0: So. Yeah, and the, you know people have to understand that the balance of powers, understanding that the problem we're in right now has to do with the imbalance of politicians not understanding that politicians are people that represent other people, their constituents, and for some reason, they've created this paradigm shift of this, which has always been uh, problematic in, in history, of them creating a hierarchy where they feel like they're governing down instead of governing with. And that realization for us came when nobody was, none of the first responders were actually responding because of the politicians giving them orders not to respond to citizens in need of help yeah. and you know we this is this in messaging for Phil, for me from a perspective of philcraft survival has always been you should be self-reliant right I, I grew up that way my my dad didn't depend on any government organization even though when we should have been getting welfare we never were on welfare because we, we would do whatever it took that ideology is being lost in yeah. the noise that is this political divisiveness and, and, you know, and th- people think, it, they say, is this a patriotic movement? Well, now you've associated patriotism with something that's wrong. This for certain is a patriotic movement because the best patriotism in the United States of America is an American doing for themselves all the things they could do in the confines of freedom, which is we, we have huge left and right limits, yeah. which is, is massive. Resiliency.
1: Well, I could just say to, to your point, you know, about... Uh, being your own self uh, first responder, you know, not having to rely on the government. Um, there is messaging out there right now that is telling people, if you have that kind of attitude, that's inherently racist.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? It, uh, Isn't it crazy? That, yeah, it's, 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 it's mind boggling. It's almost like if you're less dependent on the government and, and that stands as a value or ideology in your own life, then that's very anti-everything, right? It's, it, just, it fits the narrative of the, of the, uh, the, the establishment, which is, it's, it's, it's such an oxymoron in the big yeah. scheme of things because I figure you would want to be less government because you would want people to be independent, um, but it's the complete opposite. It's like the people who are now trying to get power or trying to accumulate power, they want to hold power, yeah. and they'll do whatever it is, uh, including destroy their own countries internally for that power. Which is which is problematic, obviously.
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing we've got going on is uh, some of these Marxist elements. Um, you know, they're they're divided in different divisions. Some of their divisions are com- committing violent acts, but some of them are actively working every single day to meet with your politicians to change policy. Yeah. we've got a meeting with our law enforcement officers and using those photo ops as propaganda. Yeah. Um. So um. But you know, back to what you were talking about before about the training and what works and getting everybody on the same page, uh, you know, a lateral type of organization instead of a hierarchy type down organization. What I hear you saying is that a term that we've used is franchisable. you know like um, McDonald's found out what's works. They found out if you cook the burgers this way and you get the fries this way. And, and you know if somebody else wants to open a McDonald's, here's the handbook. Mm. and if you do it these ways you're going to have success you'll have a better chance of success and so that's you know we're not at that point yet but as we stumble through and we're finding out what does work and what doesn't work we're taking notes mentally you know and partnering with you it'll be even easier to make a make a product i guess for lack of a better term that um you know if somebody wants to stand up one of these groups you can say here's you know best practices here's what Here's what works this will get you on board faster
2: yeah I would say we're gonna have to shape it though good and I've been thinking about this already that it I, I'm in ecstatic that you're up here Mike that's awesome and and that we can work together and do this but that's the first if I'm I'm Joe Schmo you know in, in North Carolina or whatever Well, mm-hmm. uh, well, probably bad state to pick but um, but but another st- you know wherever North Dakota and I'm trying to do this you know I don't have Mike Glover right down the street to go you know I don't have Mike Glover providing XYZ training for me you know so I, I I'm, we're gonna take every bit of advantage of anything you know you can help us with but we need to make that model doable without that resource yeah we know? need that. so we need make a
0: note Nate we need a Amcon so I was gonna wait until after we did this but we need an Amcon uh, field guide and we'll just call that uh best practices sop um for task organization building out your network um, but it needs to be a tangible or material thing as well as before christmas we will do in salt lake city more likely salt lake city because the ability for well actually we might be able to do it up here but we're going to do uh, amcon's first uh, we'll call it a um, uh, seminar um, where we will allow people to come for free and over a course of three days where we teach basically the material out of the book that we're going to disseminate, um, how to build your own network, what the proper task organization looks like, and then many workshops on training, on Uh, whether that's isolated to small unit tactics, it's uh, canning and jarring, um, it's responding uh, with communication. Those things need to be done in a more refined manner. Deliberately on the timeline, we set up to where we were going to let things unfold to see how people migrated their own groups with the idea or at least with the assumption that people were going to do this. based on people in their own community standing up like you did, saying we are going to take control of this. One of the concerns I have is the way, the means in which people communicate. How do you communicate to your inner community um, and get on everybody on the same sheet of music? What are some of the platforms you're using and how are you able to accomplish that?
1: Well, it's definitely a work in progress because we're you know figuring out what does work and what doesn't work. We were just talking about that before we came here. Um, uh, I was I was telling your your associate there that it's a little like herding cats in a room full of rocking chairs, um, but uh, we found that uh, we like Signal um, for just you know letting them chat back and forth. Uh, we took Signal and we we made different groups. So we made a training group. We made a um, you know like a training and. Um, and right. made different groups on there each so department. that the people that are in those departments can plan and organize with each other. Uh, that's got uh, its pros. It's also got its cons. We're finding that out. Uh, we have a Discord group. Um, uh, we have two Discord groups. One is um, just for the general group. It's where we post you know, our trainings, uh, different information, where you can buy ammo at a cheap price, all, all kinds of categories. Everybody's, you know, able to contribute there. Uh, We just recently created another Discord group that is strictly for Intel to organize PIRs and things like that. Um, And then, um, let's see, what else are we using? Uh, Those are how we communicate. um, But for recruiting, we have been using, and we learned this lesson from the Marxist groups that we follow. They're not afraid to use any social media. They're not worried about upset oh, at all. They're just using it they, all. Because
0: they're not going to get suppressed either. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, they do have that advantage. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're, we're using Facebook. We're using Instagram. We're using uh, Locals. Um, what else are we using yet? Um, Facebook, did I say that?
2: Those are the big ones, yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, for mostly
1: recruiting purposes, but for organization and tasking or um locals we use uh zoom meetings when we have our department meetings we use zoom Mm -hmm. that way people don't have to carve time out of their day to try to you know get to a physical location
0: yeah yeah and encourage you guys to also use locals as well i i've told this story before but the the ceo and co-founder of locals is a former israeli uh, defense force officer infantry officer and I have conversations with him weekly, and he's promised me that anybody under the AMCON network, even a group that isolates himself and calls them AMCON anything, um, will be in the funnel for non-suppressive, because they know that we're self-moderating, and that we're on secure servers. Um, In fact, they've explained to me that all the mechanisms in which they communicate on signal, or I'm sorry, on Locals is just as secure as signal. what you would see on signal and the in the nice. encryption Which is it's huge for me and for us Especially for the guys and gals who work for us who are exchanging a lot of information open source and uh, Communicating that way. He loves it. His name is Ari. He, he's on board We have our own liaison to locals and they've been very good to us Look I, I will explain it. I explain this on the Andy stuff podcast in depth about the pay to play model when you look at what we're piggybacking in the infrastructure, it's expensive. And you know I would be paying uh, out of my pocket if people weren't pulling in the $5 to pay for everything that's being done. But that's where your money's going. I mean, it's going back. Number one, they, t- they take their partition, um, but it's going to these things that we're doing together, including what we're gonna line out with you guys after the conversation about how we get you guys trained. Um, what we wanted to provide is a training structure or a training uh, we'll call it process that we come in and we go across the spectrum and all the different venues that are most important to the geographical region you're in you know so we're not playing we're not training winter survival in florida right so there's specific things that we want to narrow down and we'll have that conversation afterwards
2: yeah and that's just for the other groups out there that are trying to shape this since they're not going to be part of that I just in general and I and I put this on our uh I don't know YouTube I did my first YouTube video last night It was terrible but um that's good yeah it's really good it's though. a start though it's, it's a, a that's awesome I that's that how you get it done um well Tina got up on ham radio said, HF with your guys comms check and I was No one, no one knew it, but I was doing cartwheels. I'm like, she did ham HF comms. Yes, yes, yeah, super excited. But, um, but what I was gonna say about the training piece, uh, to the thing, to understand the departments and how they tie together. So, you you start with your intel, and and this is I think what you're saying, where you know you you take your most dangerous uh, course, your most dangerous threat, and your most likely threats. You know, two or three of those, but your most dangerous and most likely. You feed that to your ops department. Your ops department looks at it and starts, how do I crack this egg? I I have the threat. What capabilities do I need to address these threats? And then once they define the capabilities that they need, now they go talk to the training department and say, hey, training department, what, uh, what can you do to address these capabilities? Well, we can develop training X, training Y, training Z, okay? So let's do that. And then you feed that back and the Ops Department start, they start tracking that now. And now they're looking at, well, I've got people in location one, location two, location three. Um, one and two are good to go, but three needs some more mm. medical training or whatever it happens to be to address the threat that's in their area maybe that's more than in another area. Obviously, we have people who live in the valley as opposed to people who live downtown Salt Lake. So. Those are they're they're dealing with different threats, and so it one you know one plan doesn't cover everybody. Yeah, and the the flip side is again is the manning side. You you need to recruit because you may not have everybody you need in an area. So that goes back to recruiting. I need to just it, just give me the people, and we'll train them to what what they need. So yes, it's, it's it's a very. OODA loop type thing that you have to stay on top of every piece of it yeah. um, It's all it all works together, right? Yeah, it, for sure. It, yeah, yeah.
0: What, what are the what are the channels? Um, that you guys are currently utilizing and if somebody's interested right now in potentially joining the group that might be from this Area and they're hearing you for the first time. Where, where do they go?
1: Right. So our conduit do it to get to us We run everybody through uh, a, an email and it's just amconutah at gmail.com
0: Amcon Utah at gmail.com yep. so that's and your funnel
2: that's that's, that's our re- funnel Yeah. We'll got it
0: We'll
1: run you through after that
2: awesome There's that's a, perfect yeah facebook and instagram whatever locals all of those will bring you to that email address yeah right. so. yeah i'm
0: sorry we're, we're running short on time but we have a whole bunch of breakouts to do afterwards so you guys will get some bonus content as well um we'll have uh, jay julian film some uh living my prep life content for additional questions that i have even after the fact i'm interested in this tie-in too of understanding how the mormon church operated um i think it's super interesting yeah. how they've always been a, uh, a a great representation of what self-reliance looks like and, and i think everybody kind of knows that but if not i like to further educate them i want to say thank you to both of you for for being on and taking the time out of your day thank you yeah, Mike. It means a lot it's a
1: pro- yeah. pleasure yeah, thank
0: Thanks. you so much yeah we look forward to working with you guys uh, we're even going to have breakout sessions after this to talk about training the next steps and hopefully get your guys help when we do this. um, We'll call it the uh, Expo, the uh, Amcon Expo, which is only going to be for vetted members of American contingency, or that will be the first place, uh, because I just got a notification from Heather that uh, we are amplifying, uh, we have a process now to amplify the vetting process to get all this knocked out, uh, which will mean your gateway to get into that Expo will be the keychain um dog tag that we're providing with a qr code so we know that you're a vetted member of the organization um and i'm looking forward to that and looking forward to working with you guys so thank you so Us much as guys. well thank, thank, you. thank you so much thank yeah. you. thanks guys